Today's reading is Luke chapter 13. It's an interesting chapter that has a certain progression to it. Jesus begins by describing a reality for every person in verses 1 through 5, following that with a parable in verses 6 through 9 that elaborates on that reality and leads to the next section. The next section describes the outlook of many who should be bearing spiritual fruit in verses 10 through 17, and Jesus reminds them and us that the road isn't easy to the kingdom in verses 22 through 30, and he laments over his people who have spurned the ways of God, verses 31 to 35. Well, let's think about three things, the reality, and then we'll think about the reaction, and then the reminder at the end. So the reality. The chapter begins with some who approach Jesus with a question regarding uh, a recent event. And we don't know anything more about this event than what is stated here, but apparently Pilate had put some people to death while they were offering their sacrifices, verse 1. When some heard of it, they came and asked Jesus if these people were worse sinners in some way because something like this that was tragic happened to them. This was a common belief. It was one as old as Job, whose friends were convinced that he must have sinned in some grievous way for such tragedies to come upon him from the hand of God. Even Jesus' own disciples uh, succumbed to this belief when they encountered a man born blind in John 9. Their question to Jesus in verse 2 of that chapter is, who sinned, this man or his parents? So here, also something bad has happened, and, and you must have sinned for it to happen. So that was the belief. How does Jesus respond to it? Well, he refutes this notion in verse 3, just like he did in John 9, this didn't happen to them because they sinned in some especially terrible way. Jesus offered another recent event to them in which a tower fell on some people and killed them to reiterate that that even didn't happen because they were a special class of sinners. In verse 4, Jesus takes the opportunity to remind them twice that the reality uh, for every one of us is that we are all sinners owing repentance to the Lord. He says that in verse 3 and in verse 5. The reality is all of us have sinned and all of us face a death more horrific than any of those other earthly examples unless we repent. And Jesus then tells a parable to elaborate on this point as well as lead into the next story. He tells a parable about a fig tree that should be bearing fruit, verses 6 through 9. Now in context, the fruit being sought here most likely represents genuine repentance of sin toward God. In light of the story coming up, this vineyard being referred to is the people of Israel, especially the religious leaders of that day. They of all people knew the scriptures and were supposedly the ones who knew the Lord and whom the Lord knew as his special people, but instead of living a life of humble repentance, were instead prideful and hardened and calloused by their self-righteousness. Jesus ends his parable indicating his patience with them by presenting a man wishing to fertilize the tree some more in order to give it more time and another chance. Verse 8, Jesus allows this, indicating his patience with them, but also indicating that his patience will eventually come to an end if they don't repent. Of course, this isn't just a lesson about them, but us as well. We owe the Lord our whole lives in humble repentance. To him for our sin against him but too often uh, we we are instead confident in our self-righteousness and this is what we see in the next scene and we come to the reaction the chapter continues with a story 
in which Jesus healed a woman on the Sabbath, verses 10 through 17. Jesus was doing a remarkable thing, something at which um, many of the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him, verse 17. But in the midst of all the joy, we meet the ruler of the synagogue, representative of all the religious leaders, who instead of seeing the grace and glory uh, of the healing that had just been performed, he was, as verse 14 tells us, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Jesus tries to help him see the big picture and show him what the heart of God really cares about in verses 15 and 16. But while we are told he was put to shame, we're not told in verse 17 that he repented. And I think how sad it is that the very people who are supposed to be the people of God and know God are often the ones who react so coldly to stories of salvation and the glorious works of God and instead fold their hands and search high and low to self-righteously find fault. Jesus begins this chapter declaring the reality that all are sinners and owe their, their, their uh, holy creator lives of humbled repentance. And then he sees this kind of reaction among the religious elite. So he, to end this chapter, he offers them a sober reminder. And the reminder uh, is found in verses 22 through 30 that the poor, that the door to the kingdom he reminds us in verses 22 through 30 that the door to the kingdom is a narrow one, verse 24, and the self-righteous will never find it. Jesus says that many, quote-unquote, will never find it, verse 24. Why? Notice the reason given. He says that many will say to him, Lord, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets, verse 26. To this, Jesus will say he never knew them, verse 27. Why? If you look carefully uh, at why they say they should inherit the kingdom of God. It only involves coming into contact with Jesus and his teaching, never embracing them. Sure, they ate with him and they heard him teach, but they did not repent, deny themselves, and follow him. The kingdom is more than being loosely associated with Jesus and his church. Luke ends this chapter presenting Jesus, lamenting over those who have had so many opportunities to repent but did not. Don't be one over whom Jesus weeps. Come to him now in total recognition and repentance of your sins and give him the glory he is due as your Savior. And that is Luke chapter 13.